Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place. We have an impactful, amazing conversation for you today. I am so excited to have you here. And my special guest is awesome, Boston in the space of NFTs. Oh, yeah. She's a musician. Super cool. I've been following her journey for over a year now. And we had the amazing opportunity to meet in real life at Art Basel, right? NFT Basel. What's up? So with no further ado, Emily Lazar, how are you? Hi, Katie. It's really nice to see you. And thanks for having me on the podcast. My pleasure. Congratulations. You are sold out recently of your project. And I would love just to dive in and start talking about September morning. What is September morning? And what does that mean for you? So September morning is a transmedia project. Um, Basically, uh, transmedia just means a storyline that's told over many different forms of media, like comic books, graphic novels, videos, music, NFTs, um, you know, all sorts of media. And um, I started September morning in, I don't know, about eight years ago or something like that. We started performing and like really touring heavily uh, with the band part of it, the music part of it. But basically I wanted to do a band, but not just like a normal like girl led rock band. I wanted to do something that had a storyline. I played the character on stage. It was wrapped up all in this, you know, nice little bow and like, and had all of these different ways and means of doing media from it. So I came up with this concept of this reaper human hybrid who takes souls and gives people second chances at life. And in doing so, she starts a giant war with fate, uh, who's the antagonist in the book. And fate, um, you know, is trying to get all the good souls out of the world, leave all the bad souls so the world will self-destruct. And September's trying to save all the good souls and give them second chances at life. So she starts this epic battle between the living and the dead. And so that's kind of the basis of the storyline. And then we we continue that story through the live performances. We've played in Europe. We've played in the United States. We played Comic Cons, anime festivals. We've toured with Slipknot, Rob Zombie, Five Finger Death Punch. We've done festivals with them as well. All across the United States, we're going out with Orgy um, this spring, who's an old industrial metal band that's coming back to touring again, and they wanted to bring us out with them. So that's going to be an interesting tour. And we're linking everything together with NFTs. And so it's a very, very exciting moment for this um, project. Thank you for sharing. And I just love hearing it directly from you. So I went onto the website you mentioned before I was on the website and I was able to, you know, read about what you're doing and everything, but to hear it from your mouth, who you are and like what you're doing and the meaning behind it. I mean, we all need second chances. So like, I feel you. And I feel like a lot of people who know about the project and who are being introduced to you and the project, you know, I think they're going to like identify and totally relate to, you know, needing a second chance. And I love the soulful aspect of it. And, you know, the Comic Con and a lot of people who tune into this podcast are actors and voiceover actors, a lot of voiceover actors. So I'm sure like cosplay people and, you know, the voiceover actors are going to be really excited to tune in to see how you, you know, bridged and put all this together. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I did the voiceover. So we have um, video that runs behind us and does interim like video pieces between the different songs in the set, tell the story with animation, but also with voiceover. So me, and some friends did all the voiceover work for that. So that was kind of like a whole new realm of like... (laughs) 
<laughs> stuff to do for me. And I like hadn't done voiceovers before. And it was really interesting and a lot of fun. Like it's a lot of fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. And I actually um, talked to some people, um, you know, in the space and I was asking them like, hey, like, um, are you putting, there's the raccoons, right? The raccoon project. And I was like, yo, I'm like, you know, are you putting voiceovers? And he's like, yeah, that's a really good idea. I'm going to friend you. And like, he messaged me and we were talking about it and stuff. But, and then I brought that up to some other people too. And I know uh, the agency I'm with, they're very much you know, like, I can see that they're like in the space of it. And I'm thinking like onboarding a whole agency and like having a whole database of voiceover actors ready to go like internationally, right? So will your characters, do you think also probably be able to speak um, in international languages too, not just in English, but like how they do in movies and TV shows and animation, like have dubs and stuff. That would be really cool. Yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, we want to get to the point um, when we do this, you know, another, you know, we keep on building on these projects with the NFTs and and start making, you know, more um, liquidity in it so that we can actually produce our own like animated series and things like that. I mean, there's so many things that I can do with September morning. And also, you know, September Monsters is the generative project that I did with NFT Media Box. And it's based on the September Morning lore, plus the lore of of the Monster Rehab, which is their IP. So we combined two IPs together to make a third IP, wherein September Morning, being the Reaper human hybrid she is, is being chased by Stitch, another Reaper, you know, that fate sends out to get her. And Stitch is the master of space time. So Stitch is like fragmenting her timeline into a thousand different timelines. So that's why you get all the PFPs, the thousand different PFTs with a thousand different ways they look because they're all, all on a separate timeline. And within that timeline, they wake up in the monster rehab. The monsters are looking down on them, on her um, trying to take her soul because their souls have been snatched by fate. She has to get their souls back, return them to the monsters, repair the timeline and get out before it's too late. So that's kind of the storyline we wrapped around with that generative project. And my whole thing is with um, generative projects, like they've been these great PFP projects and that, you know, you do comic books off of them. I already have a graphic novel that drops with mine on drop like that, which, you know, as we sold out, like I've been dropping all these comic books to people, but that's not just what this project's about. For me, doing the generative project was a way to show people from Web2 that in the Web3 space, uh, music distribution was possible and actually more lucrative than in Web2 through the royalty system that currently exists. And um, I proved that to be true because at Sellout, we did the equivalent of 22,500,000 streams on Spotify within a month. So like, yeah, it would definitely, you know, take more than a month for me to do that, that type of streaming. Um, It would take, you know, years, maybe even lifetimes to do it. But um, depending on the size of the band, you know, through this generative project, I was able to get that liquidity into my into my project. And now we're going to do a whole new stage show, we have new costumes, like it's like, it just facilitates us to be able to like make and create more art. And that's what these projects are for, right? They're for self-funding, self-sovereignty, independent artists that control your own publishing, control your own catalog, control all of your art. And you can really make a dent in the system with Web3. And that's kind of the narrative that I'm pushing. People tuning in, they're like, how, where do I start? What can I do? Like, whoa, this is mind blowing. I have to go back and listen again. Uh, But to start, thank you for sharing. And uh, 
uh, well, you mentioned PFP, uh, P, PFP. So someone who's tuning in who doesn't know what that means, what does that mean? Yeah. So PFP is just um, a profile picture project, basically. So it's like, you know, you see a little avatar um, when you open your Twitter page and your little avatar is there. And so instead of like your, you know, your your picture or your face or whatever, you actually can get, get like a PFP, like a, a drawn, you know, NFT that looks like a profile picture. And that has become these generative projects. So they're all like, they all look like little profile pictures that you can use as your profile picture on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And they're called generative because they're usually based around one sort of looking uh, stagnant, like PFP. So like, like mine is based around September. So it's the September format, but then we add all these different traits in it and it's randomly generated by the computer program. So when you mint or when you buy one, of these from the contract, you get one that's totally random with totally random traits. Like we don't plan which one goes to who or anything like that. You don't know which one you're going to get. It's very much like a grab bag situation, if you remember what those are. But like, you know, so it's kind of like that sort of situation. But um, if you get a rare one, it could be worth a lot of money. But, you know, even if you don't get a rare one, you still with my project, you get a lot of value, a lot of, you know, you get the music, you get music in perpetuity. So you you get access to a channel in my Discord when you connect your September monster through collabland.join. And it's like a token gated Discord channel and it opens up and you get downloads of my graphic novel, you get downloads of my music and in perpetuity, I'm going to put a new song in there like every month or so. And you're just going to get new music over and over and over and over again. And you know, these NFTs can be swapped, they can be traded, they can be bought, sold, given away. Like you can, you know, buy one for your, you know, a friend of yours that's really into the band or something like that and gift it to them. And then they're going to get music in perpetuity. So like, I'm trying to add more and more and more value to these September's monsters. Um, and that's what I want to do with the next project we're going to do. It's just, it's adding more and more value, not only to the project, but to the IP, to the intellectual property that this project is built around. Because I think that is the future of what, what all of this is leading to intellectual property development on a whole nother level and a whole nother scale. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And some of what you mentioned, uh, we call it in Web3 utility. So these are the utilities that people get along when they're supporting you as an artist and supporting your projects. And um, they're going to be receiving these gifts. And so if you're gifting it to someone, that person that you're gifting the NFT to, the non-fungible token, they will also get the utilities that come along with it. So like if someone's not into comics or that kind of music, maybe it's not for them, but you might have someone who is. So then that's the best gift ever. And they're going to really appreciate it because it means so much to their heart and soul. And it's going to be so much better than something that you can materialistically buy because like just the sentiment, if it's if it's one of one and it's something super rare and super unique, it's like the thought, the present is the, the presence of the gift, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Love mm -hmm. that. Love that. And then everything will be in the show notes, uh, the Discord, the websites you've mentioned. Um, 
Now, how can people viscerally see um, your projects? Are they only on OpenSea right now? Yeah, I mean, you can go to my Twitter, actually, um, at Emily Lazar underscore SM. And you can like, I mean, I post very frequently, I post like different ones from the drop that might be on the floor. And the floor is basically the lowest price possible to buy one at. So like if one is down at 0.04 ETH, like I'll probably post a picture of her and I'll be like, hey, you know, she's lying on the floor here looking all sexy. So pick her up or whatever, you know, and, and it's fun to kind of do that. And it cycles people through the project. It gets more eyes on it. Um, so you can do that. And there's always a link to the open sea from there. So you can just click on the link. There's also links in my bio on Twitter, on Instagram, um, through my link tree, there's going to, we're renovating our website right now. And then there'll be a link on our website as well. Septembermorning.com as well of all, all, all of our like music videos and, and, you know, everything else that we do merch and everything like that as well. And we're coming out with some September's Monsters merch, which is going to be really cool. We're going to sell some of that on tour. Some of our monster holders are going to get some of that for free. Um, We're going to do giveaways in the Discord. You know, I mean, we just have a lot that we want to bring to the community. And we're just very excited to have you guys on board. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Yeah, wonderful. Love all that. Thank you for sharing. So people can check out the projects and get to know that side more. Let's shift into talking about, you know, being a boss, you know, uh, a friend of mine sent me an article not too long ago, just on the 12th of January to be exact. (laughs) And um, there's only 5% of women in NFTs in crypto. So, you know, you're bossing and leading in the space. So how does that feel for you? And uh, what do you want to see more of? And just any passionate thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you know, being a female in the space, I've kind of pioneered being a female in a lot of different spaces that I've ever been in. I mean, being in the rock metal world, um, coming from that type of music, you know, being a female is definitely in the my in the minority, you know? So, and I went into that and I knew that I was going to, you know, I was going to a gunfight with a, with a knife and I, but I fought my way through and I, you know, I'm in a professional touring, I've been a professional touring musician, like basically my whole entire life now. So it's kind of like moving forward into another space that is male dominated, uh, didn't scare me because I, you know, I just came from one. So I was like, okay, well, I did it over there. I can do it over here. Right. And, um, you know, the big, the big part of it is just, you know, understanding how things move, understanding how the space moves, understanding the players in it, um, you know, and, and elevating women around you and like really paying attention to the women that are moving in the space, the ones that have their heads on their shoulders very, you know, tightly and, and really have their business sense, um, going and just, you know, aligning yourself with the proper people and moving forward together in the space, because, you know, it does take a village to make these projects pop off and you really have to surround yourself with the right people. Um, That being said, I think women are, you know, we've been getting a lot of women led projects that have have been popping off lately. And it's really good to see that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I'm here for it. So yeah, yeah, same, same, definitely love all that. And so for you, it's just uh, first nature. So since you were young, you since you already come from a platform that you mentioned, and then going into this space, it was, you know, you had it, it within your bones. But initially, when you first got 
got into the space and it was all male dominated uh, touring as a musician, was it just a part of your personality? What do you sincerely remember some tools that you had that um, someone taught you along the way, a mentor, conscious choices that you remember making to maybe support some other people who don't have so much, you know, power or confidence within themselves? Because I find I see that a lot. Like you either have it, you don't, or you have it. And like, sometimes it was developed. So how was it for you growing up? I think for me, just because of, you know, how, like where I came from growing up and and my childhood up till now, um, you know, I was put into positions where I had to be um, my own thought leader. I had to be like, you know, my own kind of like parent, you know, and I had to develop myself. So I didn't lead a very normal life, never. And I've never kind of like depended on um, family to support me or anything like that. It it all had to come from within me, which is a very hard road to kind of like come down. But if you can like do it successfully, you learn a lot. And I've learned a lot along the way. And one big thing that I've learned along the way, which I will share with women who are listening to this, is that there's two different types of energies that live within us. I really do believe this. Um, There's a masculine and a feminine. And even it doesn't matter who, like what sex or gender you are, are on the outside. It those two energies reside within every man, every female like on the planet. And there are some men who have like more feminine energy than they have masculine. There are some women that have more masculine energy than they have feminine. There are, you know, some that have an equal amount of both, some that, you know, lean whatever. So you know what I'm getting to. So my whole thing was tapping into that masculine energy at a very young age because I learned very very early on that that in business that you know permeating into business you want to go you want to lead with that masculine energy in certain scenarios and in the scenarios of like male dominated um you know uh sort of situations leading with that masculine energy with a bit of feminine energy on the back end because you know you can use that to you know i don't want to say manipulate situations but like definitely turn situations to your advantage and that is the advantage you have being a woman but like being very tapped into that masculine energy definitely helps in business. Um, In personal, it kind of sucks, really will ruin a lot of relationships. But in business, (laughs) in business, it's actually a really, really positive, wonderful thing. And if you can find that within yourself, you know, um, you really do have a have a good chance of doing great things um, in a male dominated world. That being said, you know, I hate to say I hate to I hate to even say this, you know, out loud. um, But it's the truth, you know, and and it's what has helped me in my life. You know, Emily, that's why we showed up for this conversation to get real and say things we maybe don't want to say so we can break the barriers and the stigmas and the generational trauma and what doesn't serve us. So everything you're saying is on par. And that's what this season four women empowerment series is all about. Everything you just mentioned, like the divine femininity in all genders. And, you know, um, it's why I did this because of what you just said at a very young age, I knew I didn't have Uh, a dad in finance or like an uncle for a lawyer or a doctor. Like I had to develop those skills by myself. I developed the left brain and the right brain. Like I knew I had to do it. So I was like a self-motivator, go-getter, independent kind of person. 
And that's how my parents raised me. They're, you know, we're Greek and they, they were kids having kids. So like, you know, my dad's side of the family's from the old country. So when I showed up, you know, when they showed up to have us, they were working 40 hours a week, the American dream, you know, coming over from Greece and then working 40 hours and we were in school. So we were independent a lot of the times. So I had that space to discover. And, you know, I can't speak for my siblings, but I, like you, felt like I had to do that in order to make it. And I look to men to be the angel investor. I look for men for capital. I look to men. I would do all the other resources stuff, look amazing, do all the researching, do the headshots, like invest in classes, like invest in, you would invest in however you would invest. But like for when it came to financials, it took over two decades for me to point that, take my weakest link that I thought the biggest thing was outside of myself to after Mm -hmm. two decades to point it within and become this oak tree to invest in myself financially for everything starting to flourish. So do you identify and relate to some of that stuff? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, everything that you said, I relate to. It's, I look towards men for certain things. I look towards women for certain things. I'm very much a type of person that compartmentalizes people. And like, I I don't say that to be, you know, uh, I don't know, like non-emotional about about how I view like relationships. I'm just saying that like, when I first meet somebody, uh, my natural instinct, and this happens on a subconscious level, not even on a conscious level, but on, on a subconscious level, I am like literally scaling them down to like what they like, where they're going to be in my life. And like, I, I literally do that on a, on a subconscious level. That can be a great benefit, you know, because it's, it's almost like you kind of like read, you read people really fast is what I'm saying. So I, I kind of read, I, I know what they want. I know what they need. I know what I need. I know what they might provide and vice versa for them. Um, and going in and, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty straight shooter when it comes to, comes to people. And I, I like to lead like that because I feel like any, any other way of leading, you know, is just, it's, it wastes time. And our, and our most valuable currency on this planet is time. So I do not like wasting it. So um, I tend not to waste it on anything that's like super, I don't know, just frivolous in, in a way. So that being said, is you kind of like, and I think that you're saying the same thing, you decisively um, characterize like who is in your life and what their role is. And, you know, you categorize them and not box them there, but like, you know, they are those people in your life. And I think that's a, that's a very good business mentality to have. It works very, very well on a business level because the biggest thing that you, that I learned in business from my father was that the best thing to know in business is to know what you're you really suck at. It's not to know what you're good at. Like, it doesn't matter what you're good at because you're good at it. So it doesn't matter. But like what, really matters is what you suck at because that is where those are the holes that you need to fill. So who's going to help fill those holes? So when, you know, when I meet people in a business realm or in a, in a social networking sort of situation, it's like my radar, my subconscious radar is looking out for those people that'll fill those holes. Like, where can I put those people to fill those holes? And that, I think that's a very good business acumen to have. Although, you know, I mean, it seems a little cold, but it's not, it's not meant to be cold. It's meant to be intelligent and very business, uh, business-minded. I like it. And I, I I can identify, I think those are gems, wisdoms of how people can take those 
in and apply them. And when they go and uh, meet people, an actionable step could be the things you mentioned. In addition to what I'm hearing also is like, they could be vulnerable and let the person know if they're a good person and they're wanting to open up. Hey, this is my weakest link. This is what I can out. You don't want to say outsource to you or you could, but this is, Hey, like these are the areas where I'm good. And um, this is the, you, wow, I'm so amazed by what you're doing. I, I need someone like you on my team and be vulnerable because the sooner we're vulnerable and we share that, we're going to see their reaction. And if they react with kindness and grace and compassion, that's awesome because then we can keep going and growing together. But if not, it's better for them to get out of the way immediately because so that makes space for people who do want to show up for who you are. Right, exactly. That's why being genuine in the space is very, very important when you're working with people because uh, you need to, that vulnerability comes from that divine feminist side of us. And like, that's what I'm saying. The feminine part is definitely still very important because that's the vulnerability. You know, that's, that's the wanting, you don't want to be saved, but you want to, you know, you want to be a little bit vulnerable so somebody thinks that they can invest in you in a certain way. People like investing in people, like either if it's emotionally, financially, like if they think that you have talent and and ambition and are smart, they like to be part of that team. So, you know, just be vulnerable about the things that you need help with, because if you are talented and smart and you have a business acumen, then, you know, people will want to help you fill those holes. It'll just happen naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I really think that this space, especially because of the way web three thinks versus the way web two thinks. Um, I've talked about this in Twitter spaces many, many times on Clubhouse, many, many times. There are two different ways of thinking. The web two way of thinking is a scarcity way. The web three way is an abundance way. I tend to stick in the abundance mindset because I like that mindset and I it's yielded me a lot of abundance. So, you know, the scarcity mindset of web two is fear mongering. It's keeping people under the, people's thumbs because they want to control them. It's like saying that, oh, there's scarcity. It's like, it's like being 6,000 rats in a, in a room with one little piece of cheese in the center. And everybody's like, okay, who's going to eat, you know, and that's a scarcity mindset. The abundance mindset is having 6,000 rats in a room built of cheese. Like that's the abundance mindset. So, you know, those are the two ways that people think varying from web two to web three. And, um, if you start, and when I came into web three, I had to like literally change the way I thought, like I had to change that thinking process from that scarcity mentality to that abundance mentality, because I was so, so ingrained in that from all the record labels that I'd been through and this, and the, you know, the beating against other female artists and stuff. I mean, it's just horrible over there. And then I go into web three and it's like, it's a whole different, like nobody even talks like that over there. So it's, it's like, um, I had to change the way I thought the minute that light switch flipped in my brain, like everything opened up to me and it was just, it's incredible. And the more I stay on that track, the more things open up to me. And honestly, the more ideas I have, like I run every day or every other day on the treadmill, I try to run five miles and running to me is the way I think because I get, because it fires those endorphins. It gets your brain going. It, it, you know, gets the synapses firing. Like running is really good for me. Yeah. I come up with so many ideas when I'm on the treadmill and it's like, but none of those would be possible if I was still in that scarcity mindset. I'm thinking in an abundance mindset because that mindset says to you, everything's possible. The scarcity mindset said it might be possible if you do this. That's not what you want. You want that abundance where everything is possible. All you have to do is dream it 
it and it, you can make it happen. Like, and, mm. and I really do believe that the only kind of like barriers that any of us really have are the ones that we create in our own mind. And I, I think that's a very good way to think about life. Yeah, on point, on key, 1000%, 1000%. Speaking from experience and things I've seen, um, adding value to what you've opened the conversation up to by doing what you said at first, for some people, it may seem not authentic. It may seem awkward and that's okay. So, you know, keep going on that journey and live from that space of curiosity and play from the abundant way, even if it feels fake or that the people aren't telling the truth or saying this, or, you know, if it doesn't sound, because sometimes even, you know, me, I've been in spaces, it's like, oh, but, but the truth is it's a trigger and it's uncomfortable comfortable because a lot of humans are used to not being vulnerable. A lot of humans are used to toxic relationships and conversations. So it seems too good to be true until you experience it more. So keep growing and experience it more. And then it becomes within your heart center and it becomes your language. So it's a practice. It is a practice. It's like a mantra. Like, I mean, I don't know if you know any Buddhists or any sort of like meditation practices or anything like that, but like our words are powerful. The things that we, the stories that we tell ourselves are very, very powerful and they're very, very impactful to our brain. You can, um, there have been studies made on human brains that like, you know, you can, you can make yourself sick. Like it will manifest itself. Stress will manifest itself in your body. There have been many studies on this. I have a friend, a very close friend who was like, I mean, her hair was falling out. Her nails were thin. Like, I mean, and, you know, and it was just because of stress. It was because mm-hmm. of stress and the trauma she was holding mm-hmm. within herself and not letting herself be vulnerable and not putting it, not releasing it, releasing mm-hmm. the stress, releasing the pain, releasing this. And, um, and when we do that, it really just eats us up inside. So don't do that. It's not good for you. But as far as the, like feeling like, oh, this is a, you know, oh, this is too good to be true. So, look, I'm a very, I'm a realistic person. I will be the first one when everybody's like, we're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. No, we're not all going to make it because some of us are not designed to make, make it because some of us do not have the right mindset. So in order for us all to make it, we all need to switch our mindset. We all need to psychologically alter our brains because we have to think in a certain way for this to kind of like for us to elevate everybody, right? So like, if you want that to be true and let's realistically think that it, it can all be true, then, you know, we have a lot of work to do, but, we, but it starts with the individual. It starts with, you know, we're in web three. It's all about self-sovereignty. Take responsibility for your mind, your actions, you know, like every time you mess up, take responsibility for it. Um, that's a, that's a big, big thing in the space, taking responsibility for things. Love everything. Uh, two things that pop into my mind for the person tuning in. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's all about firing and wiring, firing and wiring the synapses and unfiring yep. and unwiring habitual patterns that aren't serving us. Watch his story on YouTube. He was like not moving in for months. And the doctor says, you'll never walk again. And the power of his mind, watch him on YouTube and get all his books. <laughs> and he's proof to show. And then Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S, she's a mystic intuitive. And she talks about the power of choice. And she has a TED talk on YouTube. And she has a lot of audiobooks. books. Um, are there 
people who you admire and um, books that maybe you would suggest to someone tuning in for some of this communication you've been sharing on um, going to for support and helping? Yeah. I mean, there's one book that I'm actually reading right now. It's called The Midnight Library. And I don't know if you've heard about this book. It's a book of fiction. It's not like a nonfiction book, but it's really kind of, it's really amazing because uh, it has like, it has this whole storyline surrounding this woman who commits, is trying, well, tried to commit suicide. So she tries to commit suicide and she ends up in this purgatory state, which is like basically the synapses in her brain firing because she's not quite dead. And her brain puts her in this library. And in the library, there are all these books and every book represents a different path. And if you know anything about the multiverse and quantum physics, you know that like there are so like, I mean, basically our whole lives is like like a pinprick on a light bulb and it shatters it into so many different possibilities. And that's kind of our life because every choice that we make, we could have made 10 other choices, 20 other choices, a million other choices. And it just gets more and more and more fragmented. So she's in this library of all these books of those fragmented timelines that she could have taken here or there. And I'm obsessed with quantum physics. So this was right up my, my alley, but there's a lot of philosophy that is enveloped into this book. There are quotes from Socrates and like just lots of different, different things. And it all kind of like revolves around like the choices you make and like, and what really life is and how pertinent everything is to it and, and whatnot. So if you're looking for a book, that's going to be interesting to read because it is fiction. But also on top of that, it's going to make you think about your life and your choices and like, and what resonates with you and what doesn't resonate with you. And, and maybe like something that's, if you've ever been in a depressive state, which I suffer from depression. So I understand this, this like is the book that like really, I'm not saying it rectifies that, but it's so inspiring against that, like against that state of mind. It's just a wonderful, wonderful book. There's a reason why it's on the New York Times bestseller list right now. Um, it's incredible. So if you, if you have a chance to pick it up and read it, I would do that. It really has like changed my life. There's so many quotes on it. I keep on throwing them on my Twitter because it's just like a plethora of like, of good quotes. And it's just a really easy read. You can get it on audiobook and the person that narrates it has a great voice, really sexy British woman. Um, so, like, yeah. so that's a good thing too. So like, you know, I mean, it's really great. So I would, I would definitely check that out. There's another one called called Daring Greatly, I think it is, or something like that. And it's another, uh, I think you know this book. It's probably, um, th- this woman had a TED Talk. Like, she's amazing too. Um, I don't know this author, so I can't tell you, but that's another good book. I mean, I read so many books. So um, I can great. give you a list at the end of this, but yeah. Great, great. Uh, yeah, and uh, the Daring Greatly TED Talk, I'll put in the show notes because I, I saw it. Yeah, um, you saw that. Yeah, that was, that was great. I read the book immediately after and I loved it. Again, it's just like, sometimes you need to, like hear people's stories. And sometimes you need to um, circle back to the things that maybe you haven't read Nietzsche, maybe you haven't read Heidegger, maybe you haven't read like, you know, Socrates or any of these philosophers, but like, sometimes you need to go and read some of this stuff, you know? I mean, it's, it's like philosophy is just such an enriching, enriching form of literature. And I really do hope that everybody reads a little bit of it in their Mm -hmm. lifetime because it opens that, it opens up that third eye. Yeah. And we have the, um, and the soul and, but we have the audiobooks now. So it's great for yeah. people. There's no excuse, you know, I love absorbing and just listening to the audiobooks. And 
you know, I don't mean to, um, I guess I, I mean to toot my own horn, I guess in the Web3, I'm going to flex right now. But since I'm Greek, I grew up on Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and oh, Homer right. and Greek mythology. And so the fantasy mm-hmm. world and all the um, fantastical things that I do and people are like, yo, come to planet Earth. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in my own dreamland over here because yeah. I have a go-to place to go to. That's my savior that I, growing up, I was an empath that was very sensitive and I had my sacred space. Great. I had a mm-hmm. sacred space to go there. And um, I tell people in the community, like, um, I'm Socrates's younger spiritual sister. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, related it, yeah. to Socrates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's like, I mean, growing up, I was kind of like the same. And it's, I needed to have places that I could um, retreat to. It, you know, even if they weren't physical places, like in my mind, I needed to go to another place because I could not be present in the place that I was. And um, that's kind of like a trauma sort of situation, but it's something I had to do. So it doesn't surprise me that I grew up, you know, ending up creating this giant IP world of a woman reaper hybrid that saves souls and fights death and like, you know, fights for the good because I made a world out of the place that I I wanted to be. I mean, the reason why I started September morning is because my best friend died at 23 And I was like, how, why do all the dead, why do all the young people die so, that are good, die so young? And like the, and the really awful people live forever. Like, why is this a thing? And, and so I wrote, I basically wrote a a whole book about it, you know, and that became September morning. And so, I mean, I use art to kind of, uh, you know, heal myself. And I think that you've done the same thing. 1,000. I love that. So empowering and so courageous and and just amazing to do. So kudos to you. We could go on all day about, oh yeah, we could go on all day about (laughs) books. But one thing I want to say about um, Bethany Webster, How to Heal Your Inner Mother. Oh my God, I'm reading that right now. And the stuff you were just talking about, oh, you would Mm -hmm. really. So your next one, I'm going to read the the library one. What's it called again? The library? The the Midnight Library. You're going to love it, Katie. The Midnight Library. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'll text it to you. Text me that one. And like, uh, it's incredible. Like you'll, you'll probably, I put it on when I run. So I'm almost done with it now, but like, it's, I kind of want to read it again because there's just so much meat in it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is my life, you know? And it's just, it's crazy. It's really crazy, but it's definitely eye opening and and I love reading, so, or audiobooks. <laughs> but yeah. So, shifting in and closing in here, it's been such a blast. We're having a dance party, an abundant dance party. What? What? <laughs> um, so, speaking of uh, musician and stages, we're going to pivot over to Twitter spaces. Emily is in Twitter spaces all the time. Clubhouse was the jam. People are still in Clubhouse. Right now, I'm just head on in the Twitter spaces. Emily's always in rooms, a lot of rooms. So if you're following on Twitter, you can go to the top and then see what room she's in and then follow other like-minded souls. She's uh, leading in the space of NFTs as a woman. She talks about music NFTs and she has a collective she curates with. One I met at Art Basel. Shout out to Oni Force because um, yes. Emily and I were able to meet in real life at Art Basel on the rooftop of the Moxie because of Oni Force. JR invited me to the event. It was the most exciting yes. event of Art Basel. Love JR. Yes. yes. And um, for sure. And so um, do you want to share about uh, 
you know, I mean, I hear you, so I know, but from, you know, from yeah. you, um, the Twitter spaces, the shout outs to yes. the, the community, so, the artists, anyone you want to bring up? Yeah, of course, of course. So I, I host, I co-host with a couple of people on Twitter spaces. So um, one room that, that I co-host is on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. It's with Lawrence White. Lawrence White had a very popular um, art sort of room on Clubhouse for a very long time before he moved to Twitter spaces. He just had a, we just did it on Clubhouse today, actually, just as a throwback. But he's he comes from the physical art world, uh, very well respected in the space, knows a lot of different, very well respected art, you know, um, fine art people in the space um, that are heading into NFTs on occasion. Um, he tries to bridge both worlds. So I am one of his co-hosts, along with another friend of ours, Jeremy, who who runs in the, the V Friends community a lot and, and stuff like that. Um, so we do Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays at about 1 p.m. Pacific time, um, Mondays and Wednesdays. Wednesdays, I host a music room with Pat Dimitri. Pat is another touring musician, um, professional touring musician. So both of us are professional touring musicians. So we wanted to band together and do a space where we kind of like gave an, our opinions in the music NFT world from a professional touring musician sort of like um, viewpoint. And I think it's been very, very successful. So join us in that if you're into music and NFTs, that's either one o'clock or two o'clock um, Pacific Standard Time that, that pops off. And then um, on uh, Saturdays, I join my very, very, very close friends, uh, Black Dave and Natalie Crew, alongside with Eric Motivate uh, to do a um, Unconduit Presents um, music room, music in the metaverse room, um, which is an amazing room that happens at, I think, three o'clock um, on, on Saturdays, two or three, I can't remember, um, but Pacific time. But you should definitely, you know, tune into some of these rooms. All of the speakers that I just spoke about are incredible minds in the space. They're very knowledgeable on many different walks of life, not just NFTs and art, but like other things as well. Um, I'm usually in the mornings, I'm usually in Aaron Haber's room um, at 10 o'clock or, or Winebag's room at 9 a.m. Um, both of them are amazing. Uh, today, Aaron had an incredible room on mental health, which was just amazing. And like we kind of needed, we all kind of needed it. So Wednesdays, I sometimes also do a room in the morning um, at noon with my friend um, Rad Laser Falcon, who that's her Twitter name. Um, uh, and she is the uh, woman behind Ethereals, uh, that big PFP project. And she and I do a women in NFTs room. So I'm constantly trying to give back to the community, trying to share um, any sort of knowledge I come across or I've experienced, as well as my failures and pitfalls in the space, because there are some of those as well. And I think that we definitely learn more from those than our wins sometimes. But um, that being said, you know, please come join us and and be part of it because these are amazing people in the space and I love being in their company. Oh yeah, special shout out. I just saw also Ethereals, they're trending. What? They are yes. trending right now. Yes. That's That's my cool. girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her whole cool. team is amazing. Her, Taylor Star, like that whole team is incredible. Yeah. So um, I follow yeah. her and then um um I follow Taylor and I I was able, mm -hmm. you know, been I feel spiritually closer to Taylor um, than her partner because we haven't had a direct uh, connection with one another. But and I was able you to should definitely meet her. You would love her to death. She's incredibly, incredibly intelligent, um, it, emotionally and like just in general, like intelligence. But yeah, uh, amazing woman. Maybe you should get her on this podcast because I think she would be a really wonderful addition to your podcast. One thousand percent. I'm I'm up for it. I'm totally up for it. And you know, I actually at um, at our Basel, I got their sticker 
stickers. So I have like nice. three of their stickers and I'm waiting till I get my new laptop because it's going right on my new laptop, all, the collection nice. of stickers I got. So I'm excited for I that. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. the colors and everything um, and the vibe. Yeah. So Jimmy Danko is the artist over there and he's he's quite incredible. And and oh. a shout out, a big shout out to Tom Martin, my artist uh, on, on September's Monsters because he really knocked it out of the park with that, with the project. I mean, he's done, he did stuff in the project that I've never seen on the blockchain before. What he did with the makeup, um, I don't know if you've t- have had a chance to look at all the variations of the makeup on my monsters, but it is incredible. I mean, he has like eyeshadow that's blurring out, like that's blended. He has like, you know, the cheeks popping on certain blushes. Like, I mean, it's like I'm like, how do you know this much about makeup? And he's like, well, I studied all of your photos. And I was like, all right, well, that's a good thing because I do like makeup. Yeah. And if you know, and if you see September morning, you'll see what I look like on stage. And it's quite theatrical. Um, it's three hours of makeup every night before I perform. So, and wigs and costumes. And so it's quite the, uh, quite the whole sort of scenario that I have to get into when I get into September morning. But, but yeah, he did a quite amazing job on the, on the makeup for this generation. So you guys should definitely check it out. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. We're going to have to like package this clip and send it to a bunch of like organic vegan makeup brands or something like that. There we like, go. Partner up, <laughs> pivot and partner up with some of these brands out there, some of these ethical brands with all that makeup talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually am a MAC um, endorsed artist, um, MAC Cosmetics, which I really do. And a shout out to MAC Cosmetics because they, I mean, I don't think I could tour without all their all their makeup that they give me for free. So thank you so much, MAC Cosmetics for doing that. MAC is wonderful. They, you know, they're very big um, on AIDS research and all of that sort. And it's just, they're an incredible mover and shaker in the makeup industry. So I do appreciate them as well. Oh, thanks for sharing that. We'll give them a special shout out and send it to this, a clip to them for sure. That sounds like really smart and good too. Very cool. Okay. So last but not least, speaking of mental health and I know like running and reading, um, what are other, some things that, what are some other things that have come up for you that work for you that you find helpful for your mental health when you need to tune out of the Twitter spaces and tune out of, of electronics and things? What can you do? Cause you mentioned the D word depression, which a lot of people yeah. can identify with. So what are some soothing things for you? Anything? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of things I do. One, one is I love movies. So anytime I can go to the theater and just kind of disengage with the, with the normal, you know, like society and just kind of like get into a story. I, I love doing that. Um, and, and I'm a writer as well. So it's just, that's par for the course, I suppose. Um, that's always fun. Um, I also love to sit by the ocean at night Um, that's kind of something that I do, you know, probably once a month I'll go there by myself and I'll take a blanket and I'll just sit by the ocean and just kind of inhale and exhale and like, just, you know, think like sometimes you just need to think without any distractions. And unfortunately we live in a, in a world where our phone is constantly a distraction. So it's like, sometimes you just need to put it on airplane mode and just tune out the world and, and be somewhere in nature and like, let nature kind of like soothe you and, 
And I think that really helps me a lot. So those two things are two things that I do. I also have like certain friends that I surround myself with. I have a very small circle, but the, but the people that I really do talk to on the daily or, or at least, you know, every other day are people that I really, you know, love as human beings and they have my love and attention. And I know that, you know, I would take a bullet for them and I'm sure they'd do the same. So it's always good to surround yourself with good people like that. Uh, You don't need a lot of people. There was a gentleman in one of the Ivy Leagues that did a research about there's only like a, like the human mind can only withstand knowing 150 people very well. Like anything beyond that is just frivolous and doesn't make any sense to our brain. So knowing that, like, just, you know, know that going in the millions of likes and things like it doesn't matter. Like what really matters, know what really, really matters in life. And if you, if you know that you'll be okay. And uh, one last thing is that you should realize that everything is fluid. Life is fluid. Nothing is forever. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can be sad because sometimes you want things to last forever, but, um, in other ways it's wonderful because even when things, my depression hits, I understand that it is fluid and if it came in, it'll go out. And so I just have to like wait it out sometimes, or I have to go through it. And I, you know, the best way to get through hell is to go through it, you know? So, um, you just have to know that there is another side to it, that it's not just this long, dark hallway to nothingness. Like that's just, that's just not how life works. You know, it's always fluid. Um, Emotions are based in fluidity and just know that. And this too will pass. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's very true. This well said, this speaks to me so beautifully. And I feel this is going to resonate with a lot of people tuning in. So thank you for every wise word you shared. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's so beautiful and gracious because like you said, this too shall pass and you put it into your writing. And um, Khalil Mm -hmm. Gibran says, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love Gibran. Yeah. Like the joy and the sorrow. How can you understand the depths of the sorrow and, Mm -hmm. and then feel the joyous of the joy? But how do you know what is the highest joy if you haven't felt the the deepest, deepest sorrow, right? And yeah, so- I, it's funny. I was talking to a close friend of mine who you actually know, but we were talking at drinks the other night and I, and I asked, asked him and I was like, you know, why do we sometimes go back to things that are bad for us? And he says, because we're looking to feel. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That you're totally right about that. It kind of like, I, I was kind of like blown away by his answer, but he was so on point with it. We are, we're, you know, as human beings, we are always constantly searching to feel. And so um, sometimes you have to realize that sometimes you put yourself in situations that are detrimental to your mental health because you want to feel. And knowing that you put yourself in that situation, you have to understand that you can take yourself out of that situation. You can always remove yourself from a detrimental situation. You just have to hold that power within your mind. And you do have that within your mind and, and use it. So just know that. Wow. This season is all about claiming and reclaiming one's power through divine femininity in all genders. And wow, I'm so grateful for you, Emily Lazar, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Emily, yes, Emily, thank you so, so much for being you and everything you're doing in the space. And uh, this has been very, very exciting. I'm like, if you listen to some of my (laughs) other episodes, um, you're like, yo, this girl cheesed out on me. Like, I feel like so cheesy right now, but (laughs) there's a place in my heart. I'm just like giggly. And I'm thinking like, you have your close friends and stuff. But if you're ever, you 
you know, even sometimes in our mind, like just by me saying this and you don't actually call, it'll, it just feels comforting knowing like, oh, I could call this person. But anytime you're depressed, you don't want to talk to your circle, your people, just know you can always call me and you have a friend in me for eternity. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) That's sweet. Thank you so much. We should definitely share some books because I think we like to read the same thing. So we definitely have to start a little book club. Oh, oh, I'm I'm down. I'm I'm up for that. And then uh, also we can, uh, you know, go to the ocean in a couple weeks. That'd be cool too. That would be amazing. I'll show you my spot. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's very beautiful. All right. Let's make that happen. Cool. All right. All right. Any last words before we sign out? I just want to thank everyone that's listened to this podcast and anyone that's, you know, supported me in NFTs or my art or come to shows or bought my music or bought my comic books or, you know, seen me live. I mean, thank you so much because honestly, I say this all the time and I don't mean it to be cheesy or stupid, but I mean, I am nothing without the people that support me, the fans, the collectors, like, I mean, really my, it's not like, I can't do what I do without you. So it's, it's like, I strive to give more and more value to you. I strive to be a better and better human. I strive to be um, a more artistic endeavor for you to uh, collect and to be a part of my existence. So thank you all very, very much for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Emily, support you. Connect with Emily. Support her her in every which way you can. If it's a follow, if it's a shout out, if it's a comment, uh, purchasing, you know, the NFTs on OpenSea, um, just get involved. And, you know, if you don't know what to do, just take one step, start messy, just take one step at a time and just, you know, re-listen to this podcast if you want or share it with some people, you know, leave a review and leave comments about how amazing this episode with Emily is. And we'll just see you next week on She's All Over the place. We are in such deep gratitude. Thank you so much for being here. We're over and out. Yay. That was great, right? Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.